Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. Right now, you can get both Sprint's unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic. After 630-20, pay $32 a month per line with AutoPay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. For listening to Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest in American soccer. And don't forget to subscribe. Good day to everybody, and welcome to this edition of Uncle Sam's Soccer Podcast. I'm Stephen Jodderin. Joining me is the one and only Armand Kafai in Texas and Jake Watroba in Minnesota. What's going on, fellas? Nothing much. Nothing much. Just watching a little bit of Colorado and Orlando. I'm just kidding. I'm focused on this podcast 100%. Plus, who wants to watch Colorado? <laughs> Anyways, Jake, how are you doing over there in Minnesota? Uh, we're doing good. We're doing good. I uh, also am not watching Colorado, Orlando. I have the Jazz Rockets game one on the TV right now. So, uh, but you know, mostly mostly focused on this podcast. There you go. Uh, it's a busy. I would say it's a busy time of year for sports. I think with the Champions League, the Champions League in Europe, playoffs with hockey and the NBA. You got the NFL draft. You got MLS action. Ton of stuff going on. But we're going to be talking about MLS realignment. Jeff Reuter had a very interesting article uh, he wrote for USsoccerplayers.com talking about is it time to realign MLS. And then later in the show, uh, Sam Stakeskull had a very interesting tweet about MLS parity. So we're going to react to those two things. Anyway, boys, MLS realignment. Before we get into the article by Jeff Reuter... Do you like the current format with the two conferences? I mean, it's pretty standard, so I'm not upset about it. And it's going to be really hard for MLS to ever get, I think, that proper balance. But uh, I think it was mentioned in Reuters' article as well, and I also agree with it. I mean, the fact of the matter is they have that playoff system. An imbalanced schedule, I don't think, will cause any damage unless you're actually playing a straight open open table. I mean, outside of that... The playoff system kind of makes up for that uh, imbalance in schedule. So, I mean, I'm pretty fine with it, to be honest with you. I, I agree with Armand. Um, I understand that they're, the East is the more dominant conference right now, and that's probably the reason why we're having these discussions about should MLS realign to kind of even things out. But uh, 
I I I I really prefer the Western Conference Eastern Conference layout right now. I I, I think you know power will shift at some point. It's kind of you know it's just you know, it's just like any league in North America. You know you look at you know if you want to look at football, you know NFC is dominant right now, but I'm sure in five years it'll switch and the AFC will be dominant. So I have I have no problem with with it. I I know Jeff. Um, kind of floated out the idea of having three conferences of a you know a, a west a central and, and an east and i, I i'm yeah, not too let, let's get fond to of that idea let's get to that because he writes due to population centers and ownership wealth the eastern conference is quickly dwarfing the quality level of its more even yield western neighbors we i think we all agree the eastern conference seems to be more powerful than the western conference um the mississippi Ri- river has always been a convenient way to break the country up geographically. However, in a league that relies so heavily on recruiting foreign talent, bigger cities and more appealing destinations will always win out. And I think that is a huge flaw with MLS and its current system because you you can't necessarily pay through the nose for a player if you're in a small market hoping you could dwarf the the nighttime activities that LA or New York have to offer. No, it's difficult. You're right. I think it's more of the matter of, I mean, Jake, I know what you're saying in terms of uh, parody uh, in terms of other leagues, but in those other leagues, they also have the draft as a massive emphasis in MLS and in soccer worldwide. It's mainly relying on, Either can you coach with a limited budget or can you attract the top talent? So I think that also is a part of the problem in terms of uh, the system. I mean, I don't know. It, it is. What do you think of even just the scheduling format? I don't think a lot of people actually know how the 34-game slate works. Do you? I do. Jake? I mean, before we read the article... I just found out. I mean, but did you know beforehand how it actually worked out? Because I could tell you how the NBA works out. I could tell you how the NFL works out. In fact, the NFL, I think, is a brilliant system because you already know beforehand, before the schedule is released, who you're playing. No, I mean, I knew knew how MLS, the scheduling worked, but I... I kind of, I, I guess I didn't realize that there were those kind of. I think he said in the article that there's the two kind of at large uh, games. Games, I guess. I don't know if that's like the best way to put it, or if that was his wording or not. Um, I, I guess I didn't notice it, and I'm kind of thinking back, like, yeah, I guess Minnesota did play Atlanta twice last year. That's kind of weird because it's an Eastern Conference team, and they only play Eastern Conference teams once um, during the year. So. Um, yeah, I mean that it it is a little goofy, but I mean there's really not much they can really do about it, though. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't understand. I I don't know what MLS could do to get rid of that at large game. You know, without I guess the only way to get rid of it is just with expansion. Well, now I'm reading from the, the article. Now that LAFC leading to an odd number of teams, at least one team a week is on the buy, and I think that's pretty good. I think that. That provides a lot of rest in a country that is huge. And when you're traveling each week to go play games, in, in whether it's turf, grass, and then you have the, the issue of the climate where you could be playing in one week, you'd be playing in April where it's 80 degrees, and next week you're traveling and it's you know close to freezing, right? So I think that bye week 
plays in the hands and it favors each team. It's fair in that way. Continuing, while that's fine for the flow of play, it it does begin to suggest that the plurality of a two-conference setup is no longer necessary. As the league jumps from 23 to 26 in the next two to three season, it won't be possible to keep the same format. And I think... I'm beginning to wonder, does MLS have a plan when it comes to their way of doing the playoffs and just scheduling and the formatting? Do they have a plan at hand? Because it just feels like they're just so giddy to expand that they don't necessarily know what they're doing sometimes. Well, they do have a plan for the playoffs. I mean, the whole reason why the playoffs were expanded uh, to 12 teams was that so it'd be in place, and by the time they would for example, add more of these teams that they would be able to just seemingly just keep going with this playoff system that has 12. And that main criticism of the playoff system when it was implemented was, hey, why is there so many teams being in there? And it was kind of in there just for expansion reasons and when they expanded. But, I mean, outside of that, let's say they do switch to that, uh, to Jeff's uh, suggested three conference realignment, which I'm sure you'll get to. It kind of gets a little messy from there. And, It'll be it'll be kind of confusing. I mean, if y'all remember, I don't know if y'all remember in 2010, I think it was Colorado came out of the Eastern Conference uh, <laughs> in the playoffs and won the Eastern Conference championship. I think in an all Western Conference affair. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there was one year where it was an Eastern Conference final and it was two Western Conference teams. I think San Jose was one of them. I don't remember what exactly the ga- uh, the game was, but they beat FC Dallas, the Western Conference champion, in uh, MLS Cup. So I mean, it it depends. I mean, it generally depends. I don't know. What, what, what would you guys? I guess the only other thing I could think of, you know, as an alternate, like what do, what would you think about about having two conferences where they're not divided up by, you know, if you're on one side of the country or the other side of the country? What so if it not was like, geographic? Not geographic. Thank you. So what if it was like no, but the here- NFL or MLB? It's, Where that way you could you could mm. kind of space everything out a little bit, you know. But I think every league is geographic. If you look at the NFL, it's primarily. I mean, look at the. Yes, you have the odd teams. For example, the AFC East is the Jets, New England, Buffalo, and then you have Miami in the South. Right. Sometimes it just happens right. to be a little bit quacky, but it's more geographically placed. The issue, really, the big issue with MLS is as they grow. How are they going to make the scheduling fair? But not only is it, you have to realize if you do the two conference system and you only play teams in your same conference, you miss a huge marketing ability. Say LA Galaxy have Ibra Imovich. They would never Ibra would never go to New York to play the Red Bulls or NYCFC if you divide the conference and don't play each other in cross conference games, you miss out on that marketing ability with stars. You don't, you know, you don't have the NYCFC travel to LA, you know, New York versus LA. What a big showdown, blah, 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 blah. You're missing out on, you know, you just don't get that. You don't have LAFC going to Orlando City. You don't have those cross-conference matchups that tend to be really good and fun to watch. You miss out on that. And the three three conference system works, but how are you going to do the playoffs? And how are you going to play games? My issue is, how are you going to make the scheduling fair? Are you... Are you coming the, – the single table – the single or open table is done. You can't, You have too many teams for that. You're going to play almost 50 games? That's ridiculous. 
Then you're going to add CONCACAF Champions League. Then you're going to add the U.S. Open Cup. I mean, at this point, you're going to have to expand the team's roster. Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's an issue, especially with uh, those conferences. You're going to have to figure out a way to, re- uh, to align them. I mean, in the NHL, they have, what, four conferences of uh, – or I'm sorry, yeah, four conferences, right? Four no, divisions. Four divisions. Made four divisions, sorry. Three of them have eight teams. Right? Yes, there's an East and a Western conference, and then there's two divisions in each conference. See, I think that idea is really interesting uh, in terms of because I mean, the the playoff system and how it works. I mean, I thought it was a uh, pretty straightforward, right? Isn't it like top two and next four wild cards, or is it top three and next two wild cards? Top three, and then the uh, the next two best teams after that. Yeah, but so that's two wild a cards. I, I, I mean, well, that's a completely different discussion because NHL fans hate that. But I don't know. <laughs> I just the way I look at it is, you're kind of. I feel like MLS is just kind of like in a tough spot. You know, if, if travel's a big deal, which it sounds like it is, then obviously you can't go to a conference system where it's not geographically based. And you know, it. it I don't know with this three, like the the, the, the three division or three conference alignment that jeff suggested in his article i think is kind of goofy too because if you look at it you're you're still centralizing power in the eastern and and western, western conference yeah I mean, well jake how many I, big teams in that central division besides I, I was, chicago i was just gonna add that i mean if you look at the central division that jeff proposes it would be dallas cincinnati the crew which what, maybe that then they're the crew they might awesome move yeah unite uh minnesota united Sporting KC, Nashville, Detroit, and the Houston Dynamo. That is a very weak conference regarding marketing ability from just cities. I I wonder, though, if MLS is not wanting to do what the USL is doing, is creating an MLS 2, where they open up the pyramid in their own little MLS style, where they expand, they expand, they expand, and once they hit 30 teams, they're like, okay, we're going to expand to 36 teams, and then we're going to shrink down to 28 teams, and we're going to create a second MLS division that has eight teams or something like that. And every year there's a promoted team and relegated team. I mean, that's, it, it would make the most sense, I feel like, uh, in, all, in all honesty. I mean, I think a lot of people don't talk about how big MLS is getting, and maybe that's why uh, you might get promotion relegation. Because, look, you can't – I don't think – in the world of soccer, we have a league that has like 33. I mean, there might be in like Argentina or something, but 30, 32 teams, let's say it gets to that number because I feel like 30, 32 teams is a number that American sports really likes. And I feel like that's where they want to uh, get at, to be honest. I think that's MLS's end to end goal. You know, they say they want to get to 28 teams by like 2024 or 21, whatever. But <laughs> my, my 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 thing is, I mean, look, there's too many teams. You have 30, 32. Where you're going to make the scheduling different, uh, this, that. There's going to be a lot of, I think, a lot of issues. I mean, soccer is a different sport than any other sport. And shoot, I mean, I think they might need to at some point be like, okay, let's let's make let's make a year where. Then uh, this determines if you're going to be promoted or relegated or an average or something like that, and then go go on from there. And wow, you have all these MLS markets. But I mean, I think you have to wait till soccer gets to a popular point or, to, to do that. 
what if they're waiting to do an MLS West, MLS East, where you have 20 teams in each conference and then the, the, the top four or whatever teams then face off against the opposing conference to That's, determine I'm, I'm the uh, MLS Cup champion? Jake, I'm sorry. I, 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 I could see MLS doing that, but I think that idea is so dumb. Because at that point, <laughs> you, you just created two divisions. And you're like, well, we're not going to have promotion relegation, but we're basically creating two conferences – both Division One, and they meet in the playoffs. The problem is you're not that if you're gonna get to that, you're gonna you have to make sure that you don't miss out on the financial aspects of having those cross conference games. You have to make sure the league's big enough where that doesn't make an impact. I mean, how often do sure? We, I agree. I, mean, I agree. Yeah, I, I, and how often do we sit there and we're like, oh well, Arsenal played uh, Man United this morning. I mean, what if, you know, England decided to create, you know, a North and South division and Arsenal and United would never play each other unless they met in the playoffs? Be a huge loss for the Premier League. Be a huge loss for TV right. deals. So, hey, it's it's not my idea. I know not, it's not my idea, but I just do. think I, – I don't know where you came that came up with that, but I just I, think it's dumb. I've seen, it, I've seen it on the internet. I've seen it on Reddit. You know, I've seen people float it out there. Um, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying – that's what that's what I think is the best way to do it. If I if I honestly like the I hope they're moving towards like a USL two type of deal where you have like a, you have pro rail, but it's still like in this closed or enclosed system where everything's still single entity, if you will. So that's kind of what I would hope we're going towards, just because it, it would give everybody what they wanted, which is pro rail and the playoffs and all that stuff. Do you remember, Armand, when we spoke with um, the Armada owner? Ugh, I'm losing his name now. Robert Palmer. Robert Palmer. And he was basically saying, well, you know, promotion relegation is this idea where you take the best teams and you make your own division. Then you take the best teams of that division. You, you know, you just bubble up. I think MLS is just on a natural trajectory of a promotion relegation system, whether it is a huge – whether it's a – open soccer u.s pyramid or if it's an mls open pyramid where you do see what usl is doing and it's the division one and two type or two and three but it would be division one and two in mls standards it's 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 a complicated issue that i don't think an air league has to deal with because a they don't live in a country as big and vast as america and b they don't have as many teams. It's it's a unique issue that MLS is going to have to figure out how to solve at some point. I mean, I, I, I the way they're doing things now with the scheduling, I feel like it's fine. Um, again, the playoff system makes up for a uh, unbalanced schedule, which is I think the almost one of the more predominant issues. I mean, if you're going to have a competitive year, you got to make sure it's. A very um, as balanced as possible. I mean, if it's not balanced, you have the playoffs to back it up. I mean, my only concern uh, with that w- would be we, what, what's gonna, let's say you have only eight teams in an MLS one, MLS, an MLS two. Let's say you have only eight teams or something like that. It's gonna be it's gonna be kind it's gonna be kind of difficult to play. You know, as there's going to be so many games played and whatnot with only eight teams. But, I mean, if they split it down the middle, I mean, I don't see why not. It wouldn't work. I mean, you could do MLS 2 a little bit bigger. You could do 12 teams. And you could have MLS 1 being uh, 20 teams. And you have an open system where everybody plays each other once. 
I, I prefer that system where you play everybody at home and away. It's a fair shot, and then you just take the best eight teams, put them in the playoffs. You relegate the worst team, and then the, it comes in a new team. So, you you know, the worst team has the pressure to succeed. And then in Division Two, there's, you know, you have the ability to play well. You have the you have the motivation to play well. You have the motivation to succeed to try to get re-promoted or promoted for the first time. I don't know if MLS wants to continue to open up that pyramid, but you would create a financial incentive for each team to do well. And then the playoffs are the playoffs. People like playoffs. It's an American thing. You can still have your American spin on it. I think it would be a win-win situation. But MLS expansion will cause MLS to change. They have to. They can't continue on this current trend because I think it causes more headaches than it does solving problems. No, I agree. I mean, it's it's at a point to where I wonder what the league is going to do when they have a year without expansion. Yeah. Instead of continuing expansion, 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 will they be stable? Well, I mean, uh, we'll, we'll, it's a different story, but... Uh, speaking to some MLS sources, expansion, the expansion fee does a lot to financially boost the league. There's a reason why it's 150 million. There's a reason why they're they're adding teams like that. It's not only because they want to grow the league, it's because there's a financial bonus that comes along with it that really helps the league push along because do we know if the league is in the green or if they're in the red? Some markets are in the green, another markets are in the red. So well, I guess the to just kind of touch on the the 20 team first division, 12 team second division, if you will. The, the one nice thing if they were to do that is it would still, because it'd be a closed system, everybody's financial investment, meaning the owners, I, I think would still be safe, you know? So I think, you know, that, that, that would definitely be a way to sell owners on having a, like a promotion relegation. Either way, um, I like the system as it is. I don't think we need a three conference system. I, I, think, I think it's goofy. Um, like I said, my original point, this is how North American sports work. One, you know, one decade, one conference might dominate the other, and then the power shifts to the other one, or it evens out. So, I get it. The East is kind of, kind of killing it right now. But in a few years, it, we we all could be saying, "Man, it's the West is just it, it, this just sucks because it's just LAFC and LA Galaxy in Seattle. They're just running MLS right now, and we got to change that." So. It is what it is. I'm fine with it. I don't think anything drastic needs to happen. <laughs> Jake, as we're coming back from break, Jake found something that almost goes hand-in-hand with conference realignment. We mentioned it at the beginning of the show. What was that tweet that you were talking about from Stam State School? Yeah, it was uh, 
uh, Sam Stasekel was, I guess, watching the Montreal Impact Atlanta United match yesterday, and he he sent out a pretty interesting tweet that I thought would make for a good discussion here. Uh, in the tweet, it says, "It sounds odd because they're tied, but anyone who thinks MLS is still a league of parity just needs to look at this Atlanta Montreal match. Impact set up at Atlanta like West Brom would against Man City. The gap is growing." It seems like I, we, we, we touched on this before the, the season started about the gap in MLS it, it seems to be widening where you kind of have the wills and will nots of, of the league. Well, meaning, you know, yes, it, yes. But I, I would put a, a caveat. It's MLS point one versus point two versus point three versus point four. I think the expansion has a huge and plays a significant role in marketing, in player attraction, and just overall hype around the club that helps them boost along. And, you know, FC Dallas could could have signed, say they signed Chicharito, that's pretty big, but it wouldn't be as big if Chicharito had, would go to, I don't know, Orlando or a different market. I, I think you still have such off-the-field issues that play a role into the league's parity that is sometimes unfair to the club or just to this conversation. I see what you're saying, but I do also kind of disagree because there has been plenty of uh, teams that have not had that on off-the-field success but have had uh, some sort of on-the-field on success. I, For I mean, example, I can't, who? What, I Come just, on. Did, the Dynamo, okay. The Dynamo from last year. So I'm I'm trying to think of things off the top of my head, so it's pretty hard. Um, Dallas, I'd probably say uh, two years ago. Um, and I know what you're saying the on the field success, do, uh, off field success does play a role in potentially signing players or and whatnot. But the Fire weren't. They kind of had that little boost with Schweinsteiger. The Red Bulls um, from la- um, last season. Uh, looking at looking at the thing. Uh, I'd say the earthquakes almost even. I mean, the, the, I don't think off the field success uh, translates perfectly into on the field success. I mean, look at Orlando City. Everyone's raving about them, and they didn't make the playoffs. Yeah, but I. But why is Orlando City still a hotter name last season? Why was Orlando City still watch, much watched TV? Because it was the antics off the field that made it much watch. Well, I mean, that's. Not, I mean, I. I mean, yeah. But it doesn't necessarily translate into on-the-field success. I mean, I don't know what your definition of success is, but for me it would be making the playoffs. And the fact is that they didn't make the playoffs last year. So in my opinion, that makes their season a failure almost. Yeah, their season was a failure. But what I'm saying is – I don't know what I'm saying, to be honest. Yes, yeah, the season was a failure. I don't know what failure. you're saying either. But, okay, but what was your original point? Come back to what you were originally saying. About about parody? Yes. Um. Well, the 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 parody debate, which uh, it is it is growing. The teams that are spending money, making use of that TAM, making use of properly the DP spots, the gap is growing between those teams. It's slow. It's going to be small, but you're going to see it. I think more and more often, you're you're going to see less of those FC Dallas Oscar Pereja coach teams that you know they had like a garbage DP and a uh, garbage. Well, not garbage. Just didn't spend that much um, on players, and you're not going to see them make the playoffs, make dominate league as much as you're going to see a team like Toronto, who has depth all around, 
uh, a strong starting core and then a good enough bench that they can win home and away, and especially the away part. The away part is massive. Uh, Toronto was Toronto was the only team with the winning uh, away record, and what they finished first in the league. I mean, come on, and they won MLS Cup. So it, it is important shield. to have. It is important to have it. And the supporter shield, and made it to final the Concacaf Champions League, and win a Canadian Championship. If we're gonna go all out on their, <laughs> uh, on, their on their titles, but um, you're right, but not really. So no, no I think I am right because the, the thing with <laughs> the thing is with parody and MLS, you sit there and you go, how can you talk? How can how can you judge Colorado when their ownership doesn't want to put the money into it? Or when they, the my, my other issue is, look at the New England Revolution. Armand, you and I had a huge chat over if they, you know, why they don't have a stadium, you know, a soccer specific stadium. You had a we had a huge chat. The problem is, if they had a soccer specific stadium, if they were to market a little bit closer to Boston, I think they would be one of the league's better clubs. I think they would be finishing in the playoff bubble year in, year out, and then occasionally have a deep run. I mean, it wasn't not too long ago they were in MLS Cup Final. Was it like, you know, five years well, ago? Well, I mean, I mean, if, if if what you're saying is because they have a new stadium, they have expectations, and because they have expectations, that should push ownership group to invest money in the squad, that's a fair point. But what I'm saying is just because a, a, a team can do some stuff off the field doesn't mean – that on the field they're going to automatically translate. No, you're right. Into it's success. It's because not, I mean, look at Port, look at Portland and Seattle. They struggled what a couple of years back. They yeah, were both. You're right. Are floundering. But there's there's more of an expectation with the MLS 1.0. What type of expectation besides the LA Galaxy do you really have on them? Maybe Sporting KC. Not, throw them not, out. Not much. But you don't really have that much of an expectation to them to perform. Montreal is a different argument because they came in later, and it's also. Montreal, so I don't know. Do you judge that as a small market club? I mean, they were in the Concacaf Champions League final a couple seasons ago. They were they almost made the MLS Cup, uh, what two years ago against Seattle? If it you know with that, yeah, they, yeah, they not if they beat beat Tor- Toronto in the uh, in that uh, exciting series. No, you're right. I I, I agree. Uh, my, my my thing is the parity is coming because because of the team's spending and you are right in ter- in Stam I th- said Stam Sam <laughs> I think is right in terms of uh, that parity that gap we're gonna I mean t- uh, today by the time this game uh, this podcast is out we're FC Dallas NYCFC has played so I mean I may be I may be wrong but I think we're gonna see an FC Dallas team that's gonna bunker on defense. And play on the counter and okay. probably give up a lot of possession. Let me let me ask you this dumb question: Was Montreal on the road, or were they at home? Yeah, they were at home. They were uh, on the road. Okay, we traditionally speaking, Jake. I really want to get your voice in this. Sorry, but yeah, we're, we're no, s- you guys can keep going because this is way better. You guys are really uh, passionate about this right <laughs> now, so it, 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 it's it's making for a good show. I'll, I'll just sit back and enjoy the ride. All right, there you go. <laughs> no, but. Armand, we know the road record of clubs suck. So you're not going to go into Atlanta and dictate the game. No. Maybe if you're a good club like New York City did a couple weeks ago, sure. But you're Montreal. You're there hoping to, to you know, you're just hoping to maybe salvage a point, if not lose a goal 
buy a goal or two and not take you know five or six nothing where your goal differential. But that's so. the difference between teams that are, I would say contenders and teams that say are right not contenders. But I mean, if you're if you're Toronto, you're gonna go into a game like hell no, we're gonna go for this win. We're, we're better than these. Like I'm sure they're pissed off that they uh that they tied uh, uh well they're actually at home against Chicago, but um I'm sure they'd be pissed off if they drew let's say. Dallas, or I keep saying Dallas because I live here. Don't take it personally, <laughs> Dallas fans. Um, if they play a team like Dallas and drew them uh, on the road, I'm sure they'll be pissed off. I mean, you're right about like the lack, the lack, the lack of ambition. But I do think. I but how think you, many you clubs? Rep- how many clubs go on the road expecting three points? Not many. The road records of MLS clubs suck. I mean, they are putrid. If you look at the Premier League, and we looked at it beforehand, we looked at last season's home and away record, they're pretty much identical. The home record tends to be better, but the good teams in the Premier League tend to really dominate the road, if not even dominate, sometimes even more so than they are at home. Yeah, I think City had a better away record than home record. So, in MLS, you expect to drop points on the road. If you draw, that's good. If you win, holy crap. That is awesome. You weren't expecting the three points on the road. It sometimes happens. The good teams tend to to do pretty well. It averages. But th- out. I think the parity gap. I think the parity gap is we're gonna see is predominantly there in those away matches, such as a team like Toronto saying, "Okay, we can win this. We have the depth. Uh, we can we can win it on the road. We have the experience." Compared to a team like the Union, let's say they're like, "Oh crap! Well, might as well bunker down. Let's see if we can get." Uh, a, res- uh, a result on the road, and if we lose, it's not the end of the world. So I think there we might see a parity gap, and that away record is important because if you look at MLS home records, most of the good teams have fantastic home records and dominate at home. I think the question is, can you play good away? Oh, Jake, road, I mean, yes. what do you think? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic discussion, guys. You guys have really been going at it. Um, no, I mean, yeah. It, like, like I think it was Steven said, none of these teams are expected to win on the road. So, you know, if they can get a point, great. If they can get three points, that's that's amazing, great. You know, that's – wow. Um, but how many – I, I do think they're – Sorry to interrupt, Jake. How many good teams are there in MLS? What is this parity level? Are we talking the Premier League where it's the big six and then everybody there's a drop-off to everybody else? Or are we talking the Bundesliga where it's Bayern Munich and then everybody else? Or is it La Liga where it's two clubs and everybody else? What is parity? What are we where's the line? I mean, I feel like right now, sorry to interrupt you, Jake. Um <laughs> there's there's almost like a a big a big three of sorts in terms of I would almost argue Toronto, New York, and Atlanta. All Eastern Conference teams. I, I would, I would either say that, or I'd even throw an SKC in the mix. They Whoa, just lost to the Seattle. Revolution. See, Seattle, in my eyes, are. I just, I, I, I've always. Uh, well, look, I'm going to say that they're not that good right now, and they always end up making the MLS Cup two for two. So, um, <laughs> I just, I, for the thing, the thing is with Seattle. I see a lot of their fans were, were were upset about it. The team needs to improve, you know. One of one of it's it's a more of a personal object uh, point of, of mine is if a team doesn't improve after like uh, a certain success level, they're I don't, I don't think they're able to go back to the success that they had because the other teams are able to adjust. I mean, look at Dallas. Dallas didn't improve 
uh, with when they lost Castillo. They kind of kept that same team that won the Supporters' Shield and double. And what happens? They lay an egg going out to uh, going out in, uh, out of playoffs last season. I mean, certain certain teams have improved. SKC has improved. Uh, the Galaxy have improved. Right now, I'm showing out the current stance. I don't think Are Seattle's we- improved. I mean. Are we going to throw ahead. LAFC into the, the big market, you know, parody type of a deal? I mean, they're a new club. So how how many are we going to give them three seasons and then we'll see where they're at? It's a big club. They got ownership. Yeah, it's, it's I, a little, it's a, I give them a couple seasons because, I mean, we're going to Atlanta a couple seasons too. All right, Jake, so, let's, let's get back to Jake's point because we've cut him off too many times now. <laughs> back to Jake, you were saying. I don't even remember what I was saying anymore. <laughs> we just got into the discussion of, you know, is there a big six in MLS? So No, but I, um, because parodies, in what sense are we talking about parody? Because in the NBA, it's Golden State and everybody else, but you remove... I, I guess I guess when I, when I look at parody, sorry to cut you off here. Um, <laughs> I I just think, like, if a team, like, like to, to, to uh, stay school's point, if you have teams now that are basically preparing for uh, the opposition to just bunker down and we're just going to try to ride this out nil-nil, um, and they're, they're just going to completely go away from you know what they want to do. or Basically, they're mimicking one of these minnows in the Premier League uh, you know, when they're playing these giants. I, I think that kind of speaks to there might be a parity issue where you do have these clubs that are spending massive amounts of money, massive for MLS standards, by the way, um, that are spending, you know, a, a good chunk of money to be great, and you have these teams like um, Montreal, who are just happy with being relevant, happy with us being competitive, you know, fighting for one of those final uh, two, three playoff spots. Um, I, I think that's more so what what we're getting at here is. But here, here's you, know, you have the, these. What, what I was what I was gonna say, Jake is. The the difference between here and Europe is a in Europe you're technically allowed to spend whatever money you want. You do have the financial fair play system, which technically protects the big clubs. They kind of want the big clubs to stay big. I mean, uh, people were weren't weren't owners or weren't people in the Premier League pissed that Leicester City won it a couple seasons ago. It was more so just European owners. They didn't want. Uh, is there? There are some uh, owners in Europe that didn't like the idea of Leicester City playing in the Champions League. So exactly. So will MLS do the same thing where it protects the big markets from having a Colorado, a New England until they get a soccer-specific stadium in Boston? Will they protect the, the medium-sized markets where it's Dallas, Houston, pretty much where Jeff's idea of the the central division, pretty much those markets. Will MLS protect the big ones where they have, oh, we got, you know, it's like the NFL. They want the Patriots. They want the Cowboys. They want Pittsburgh to do well because it drives revenue. They don't really want to see the Vikings and the freaking Jacksonville Jaguars in the Super Bowl. Whoa, 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 whoa. Why why (laughs) do you got a dog on my way? Wow. (laughs) Truth truth comes out. Yeah. No, but even Philadelphia, they were like, crap. We're stuck with the, you know, Philadelphia really why couldn't it have been New Orleans? Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I feel like you you sometimes see this in like MLS discussion groups about the uh, how the league kind of makes up rules as they go along to ensure that LA Galaxy can kind of get the players they want. You guys, you guys, yeah, see yeah. yep. <clears throat> so why you know if you believe that why why wouldn't that continue to happen? Why wouldn't 
Why 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 should MLS care if Houston Dynamo is competitive or not? I, granted, they are always competitive, but just you know, for argument's sake, why should MLS care that Kansas City are competitive? The MLS wants to make sure that these teams in these massive markets are always good, so the eyes are always on them. Uh, you know, and mm-hmm. those are the markets that sell advertising dollars. You know, if you had if MLS playoffs was just like, you know, Minnesota, Kansas City, Colorado, Montreal, Vancouver, like they wouldn't make any money. No one cares. Nobody why would, would. It, why would a guy in LA want to watch that at all? You know what I mean? They you want to make sure LAFC or an LA Galaxy are always in the playoffs. Absolutely. Anyway, listeners, follow us on Twitter, Unc Sam Soccer Pod. You can follow Armand and his FC Dallas coverage at Armand Kafai. Jake Watrova in Minnesota at Steven Jodderin here in Wisconsin. We'll be back next week. Until then. If you like free stuff, you're going to like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool. How do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card. And after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa. So I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com rewards for full program details. Right now, you can get both Sprint's Unlimited plan and the iPhone XR with its amazing camera included for just $35 per month per line for five lines. All you need is approved credit and 24-month installment billing. No trade-in required. Visit a Sprint store, Sprint.com, or call 800-SPRINT-1. Phone $15 a month after monthly credit supplied within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 63020, pay $32 a month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Speed maximums, use rules, and restrictions apply. 